Oh, yes, they did. Hello, bonjour, and buenos dias, lovely people of the world. This is the first ever episode of Oh, Yes, They Did, and I'm so excited to be sharing this with all of you. Before we begin, I want to give a massive shout out to the people who just, who always believed in me. You know who you are. You make the world the place I want to stay, and I love you more than I'll ever be able to put into words. Well, greetings and salutations. My name is Ava, and if you know me, which I'm praying that none of you do, I'm an obsessive book nerd. I read more than seven books every week and have been known to FaceTime my friends crying over a character's death. Like last night. Damn J.K. Rowling, Sirius's death hits me hard every time. This week has been one more hectic week in my life. Between Christmas, school and internships, worrying about my COVID-infected family members, babysitting, and everything else that comes with being a teenager, I've been exhausted. With all of that and the utter lack of sleep, I've of course needed to consume an inane amount of coffee, which led to my first ever cup of instant coffee. Y'all, I did everything I could, I swear. I tried it hot, I tried it TikTok-y, I even tried it ice, and everything tastes good ice. Everything but instant coffee, that is. No, the one thing I wanted to taste good didn't taste good. Let me set the scene. Tired and bleary-eyed, I'm still awake at 4.39 in the morning after not sleeping for three days straight. I wandered down to the kitchen and I found a cheese stick and my stomach was screaming at me at that point. I mean, it was 5 o'clock in the morning and I was starving. And if my stomach could speak, it would say, feed me, you bibliophilic insomniac and bah humbug better than Ebenezer Scrooge. So I eat, and that cheese stick made for, honestly, the most delicious early morning, late night snack. It was amazing. It was heavenly. It was just absolutely phenomenal. My father woke up for work and found me sitting on the counter munching on a cheese stick while sobbing over a reread of Anna Kay, A Love Story by Jenny Lee. His first thought was probably, wow, she's either awake super early or up super late. And his second was, I should get her a glass of coffee. Unfortunately for both of us, there was no actually coffee grinds left, so he couldn't make any coffee. But he's found instant coffee. Lucky me. So he made us a cup of coffee and left for work. A sip was taken, a sip was spat out. Instant coffee traumatized my taste buds. Instantly. Every pun intended. Now, speaking of instant things, drumroll please. Instant Karma by Marissa Mayer. A post question before we go on. Should Marissa Mayer be writing this? A Twitter user that I'm choosing to keep anonymous brought up a concerning argument about the book. The original tweet said, So, I now, I just now read what the book is about and my blood is boiling. I want to know why a white author can take a concept that's not from her culture and twist it to her liking and get a book deal. The summary's language has ableist attitude and can be seen as very offensive. However, my opinion on whether or not Marissa Mayer, a white author, should be writing, drawing inspiration from cultures is invalid as I'm seriously unqualified to debate on this topic. Now moving on. Instant Karma was a sweet, fast-paced book. I thoroughly enjoyed the summer haze setting and the growth within the character's relationship. It's an irresistible hate-to-love romance about a business-minded girl named Prudence who suddenly has the power to cast karma on the people around her and the irritating lab partner who steals her heart. This is your official warning to skip ahead if you don't want to hear any spoilers. Go on, go on, it's okay. You'll listen to me talk in a few minutes, it's fine. Go. You gone?
All right. Who in the universe gives a sophomore magical karma powers? Like, who thought this was a good idea? Oh, let me give a 16-ish-year-old karma powers so she could punish bad people? Talk about a power trip. But honestly, Prudence's powers aren't a big part of the book, oddly enough. Instead, the story mainly focuses on saving the rescue center and falling in love with Quint. Oh, and getting in trouble for stealing but not stealing but being accused of stealing. You know, every girl's everyday life. Prudence starts everything off by high-key hating Quint. She thinks he's lazy, irresponsible, and unpunctual. Everything she isn't. In the beginning, I thought Prudence Daniels, the main character, was absolutely insufferable. She's the most stereotypical, nerdy, goody-two-shoes ever. Once she scored lower on her project than he did, Prudence is willing to fight for some semblance of a partnership with Quint. He wasn't feeling it, and for good reason. Let's talk about Quint. I love him so, 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 so much more than I ever thought I would. He's literally the character I related to the most. His passion and excitement are contagious, even through written words. He's the son of an absolute MILF girlboss queen who just so happens to be the love of my life and the owner of a rescue center for marine life. Quint is a medium iced coffee with poor fun- Four pumps of caramel and oat milk kind of delicious character. He's sweet, intelligence, and gen- I can't speak today. He is sweet and intelligent and just hilarious. It's hard for Prudence to wrap her mind around his daily good deeds, saving wounded aquatic animals, because she's so stuck on seeing all the bad in him. Prudence shows up to the rescue center and basically harasses him into striking a deal. All because Quint thinks she'll quit on the second day. That's the only reason that he agrees to this deal. He thinks she'll quit. She doesn't. Instead, she starts helping a business by planning fundraisers and a gala. She's accused of stealing money. They go through a whole thing. She finds the culprit. They save the day. They fall in love. You know, typical YA novel book endings. All right, all right. I'm done with the spoilers. The thing I really enjoyed about this book is the character development. Prudence stops seeing herself as the best, most intelligent, everescent person and starts to open up. She starts to make new friends, not just her brother and her best friend who her brother is clearly in love with. Of course, you all already know how I feel about Quint. I think he's the best thing since sliced bread. You know, he's just absolutely amazing. I love his patience towards Prudence and I love how he helps these aquatic animals i love how that's his passion and i love how he puts all of his time towards helping them and even misses school to save these animals besides instant karma i read a few pretty good books this week i was on a jane austen tangent because let's be honest who doesn't love a good regency era sense and sensibility was my favorite of the few i read Now, Common Sense Media calls Sense and Sensibility a richly rewarding story of manners from one of the world's greatest novelists. I think that it's an exploration of love. Marianne's passionate love for Willoughby was over-glorified. It depicted love as something that starts and ends with sensual passion. But my queen, Jane Austen, saw further than this. Marianne finally found happiness with Colonel Brandon, and it showed that love could be something that grows subtly over time. It's something developed out of respect and enjoyment of each other's company, not something rushed and filled with passion. I mean, 
It can be, but in this case, not always. If I'm being honest, I don't think Colonel Brandon was a well-written character. But don't get me wrong, Jane Austen is the historical love of my life. Her literature plays everything she did became classical works of art. But I don't think we get to see inside Colonel Brandon's mind. Please disregard the Twilight quote, but Marianne has one saying that I'm unconditionally and irrevocably in love with. She says, quote, if I could but know his heart, everything would become easy, unquote. Well, if we could see her romance blossom, it'd be so much easier for the nerdy readers of the world. We never got to see it. For me, it wasn't a satisfying arc of the story's drama. I can understand it, but I can't help but feel like Marianne sacrificed a part of herself in marrying for respect rather than the passionate love she had. Before I say anything stupid, I googled whether love or respect is more important in the marriage. Quora user Sirat Thind, apologies if I'm mispronouncing your name, says respect is more important in any relationship, be it marriage or anything else. They go on to say that respect would ultimately lead to love, and it works simultaneously. I better sign off before I go on a rant about the classics, but let me know what you think. Are relationships based on love or respect better? Should white authors be writing about different cultures? If you're still here at this point, thanks for sticking with me and spending your time with me, taking up brain space. I love you so, so much. See you next time. Oh, oh yes, yes, they did! They did.